Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Right, so today, uh, School of Wisdom. Well, today is our final School of Wisdom day, so today is final class. <laughs> You know what I was thinking in my mind? I was thinking if I had my way, I would have done an exam. Just print question papers for everybody that comes in today. Today You know how you just walk into class and then the lecturer says, Today's test. Collect all your notes. (laughs) Correction and consequences. Explain. (laughs) Alright. Okay, let's pray. Let's get into the word. Are you ready for God's word tonight? Alright, let's pray and get into the word. Today is going to be really good. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, I want you to really pay attention. This is the final class, okay? Final School of Wisdom class. Today, I want us to deal with something called a good name. A good name. Everybody say a good name. Say it loud and clear. Say a good name. Alright. Now, we're going to go, turn to two passages of the scriptures and then we're going to build up from there. Alright? We're dealing with a good name. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 1. Now, uh, we'll pick this from Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiasticus chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, A good name is better than a good ointment, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. You know, let, let me start from the second line. I didn't want to teach that before, but let me just give you a free. Bonanza before the main one, right? It says that the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Okay? Why? Because when you die, you would have had an opportunity to contribute, to do everything that God has put in your life. Your birth, you had almost absolutely no control over. But your death would be, I mean, by the time someone dies, we would look back and we're able to say, wow, this person impacted us. Do you understand this? This person, it's almost like you had lived long enough to contribute. That's why I talked about death being, death being better, okay, than birth. But where we're going to today, it says, A good name is better than a good ointment. Now, the Amplified says that it is better than precious perfume. Now, when you look at uh, the concept of perfume, right? Today, you can walk into any shop and you ask them for... I mean, I'm I'm not a cosmetologist. That's not my area of specialization. But I also know that... Uh, perfume has levels, you know. 
Have you read Animal Farm? George Orwell. He says, huh? all animals are what? Equal. But some are more what? Equal than others. You know that's a funny statement. Because if you say equal, you cannot have more equal. So that's the thing. All perfumes smell, but you know, some are more... Yeah. Okay. The perfume that the woman broke at the feet of Jesus... The Bible says that that ointment was equal to one year salary. So imagine how much you are earning now. You know, say, let's say, imagine somebody is earning 20,000. How much are they going to earn in a year? Come on now. No, 20,000. 240,000. Okay. Do you think there are perfumes for 240,000? More than right. If they give it to you, will you spray it? <laughs> it's another thing to know it's available. It's another thing to say how much. Say two forty. Say go sell them. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so understand this. When the Bible says a good name is better than a good perfume, it's not talking about the one they hawk on the street. It's talking about good ointment. The thigh that was broken for Jesus. That was one year salary. Even the disciple of Jesus could not handle it. He said, Mary, excuse me. We can, we can sell this thing and give to the poor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, here, we're not just talking about just cheap perfume. We're talking about something priceless. Do you, do you know what it would have costed Mary to take a perfume worth one year wages? Do you understand that? Amen. I mean, just think about it. You're working for one year and everything you work for one year is equal to one perfume. I mean, that must really be a good one. That must really, really be what? A good one. But the Bible says, no matter how good that is, no, I mean, you know if you spray those kind of perfume, right? You, you walk into a place. What's going to happen? Everybody's going to turn around you and like, wow. Okay? You're going to feel very special. You know, even if you, don't, if you spray that kind of perfume, you don't have anywhere to go. You would look for somewhere to go. They don't have any parties anywhere. They say, yeah, they have it, but they don't know. You say, don't worry. When I come, they'll know me. I <laughs> understand that. But the Bible says that as much as that will do, as expensive as that is, the attention it will draw to you, how nice you would smell when you walk into a place, the confidence you would feel about yourself just to go in there. He says, it's a good name. Is better than it. But you know the funny thing? Many people do not invest in their names. They rather invest in perfumes. Wisdom quote. A good perfume will not cover a bad character. A good perfume or a good ointment will not cover a bad name. Let's, let's, go, let, let's, let's put the wisdom quote the way the Bible put it. Okay? A good ointment will never cover what? A bad name. Okay. Now, let's go to Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs. Chapter 22. Verse 1. You know, I've read this a lot of times, but I've never really taken time to meditate on it and think about it. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. Now, 
Look at, if you look at Ecclesiastes that we read, chapter 7, verse 1, Solomon said, a good name is better than a precious perfume. Or a good name is better than what? Than a good ointment. Okay. Now, if you look at the way he wrote it in Proverbs 22, it's a bit different. Now he says, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. So, he, in, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1, he states a fact. A good name is better than a good ointment, right? In Proverbs 22, verse 1, he says, listen, you've got to desire a good name more than wealth. That means he's trying to say, listen, a good name is better than wealth, but listen, you've got to pursue a good name. Because if it's something you desire, that means it's something that doesn't come automatically. Do we agree? Do you understand that? So, it means that if I say desire to have something, or I cannot use desire if it is something you already have. That's what I'm trying to say. So, the good name here is not your, your natural name. It's not to say, well, my name is uh, Clinton. Okay? You know, I used to make this joke when I was teaching young people early. I say, your name can be Bush and you'll be the president of America and your name can be Favor and you'll be in cell in Kirikiri. Do you understand what I mean? So the fact that you're answering Bush doesn't mean you cannot be president. And the fact that you're answering Favor doesn't mean you cannot be in prison. You know, there was a time this whole thing was raining where people were changing their name to success, wealth, excellence, greatness. And, you know, people felt just by the change of name then things are going to happen. You see, external things don't really change us. It's the internal things that change us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can call somebody Wood, <laughs> like Tiger Woods, and he will be the best golfer in the world. And you call somebody pro golfer, and the guy does not even have enough money to go and buy what? The golf equipment. So, I mean, of course, you shouldn't go and answer a funny name. Like, um, <laughs> you shouldn't go and answer a funny name. But the truth of the matter is, if it is something we have to desire, that means it is something that will not just come on us naturally. So I want you to take this wisdom quote. A good name does not come on someone naturally. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to desire that. Listen, I want to have a good name. I want my name to be a good name. Are you following this? Talk to me. Are you following this? Alright. So I'm going to read Proverbs 22 from several translations. NIV. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. NLT. Now use, observe this word. Choose a good reputation over great riches. So the NLT uses the word good name. It says good reputation. Because I want you to, go, I want you to understand something. You know this whole thing flying all, all around everywhere? I see it on a lot of people's status. Okay? I don't care what people say about me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay for myself. You know, that whole, that whole thing that, that isolates your weakness. In life, you don't live in isolation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? It, how would you feel if as a pastor of the church, I come up and I say, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what my members think about me. I just, I, I mean, and then they, they quickly drag God into the equation because, you know, we can't go and ask God. Only God knows my heart. But, but 
We don't know your heart. Your actions reflect your heart. So you can't be rude and say people have to accept me the way you... No, we don't accept you the way you are. We accept you the way that is comfortable for everybody to make it acceptable. The word of God tells a Christian what your character is. If we look at your character and it's not consistent with what is in the word, we can call you to order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because what this is doing to us is a society that everybody's defining what is right. Margot Madrid said that if you're removing the fence in a place, ask in the first place, why was the fence put there? Why were there boundaries? There are standards. We all have to live up to those standards. We cannot drag the standards of God, the standard of Christianity to our own taste every time. And that's why we have, we, we, we have a society the way it is. Because it's almost like, if you don't like me like that, it's okay. If you don't like me like that, it's okay. And everybody's misbehaving. If, I'm your, if, if I am your pastor, then I owe it to you to have a good reputation. How would you feel if you are coming to church this evening, they showed you my picture and said, do you know him? He said, yes, he's my man of God. He said, ah, he's fighting in the market or in the main market. And then you come to me and I'm fighting and he said, ah, pastor, take it easy. He said, I don't care what people think about me. No, you're getting it. Listen, if I'm coming to church next Sunday, you better care. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the same thing with you. If you're a member of the church, you also owe me a good attitude. Because when you go out there fighting and misbehaving, what's going to happen? Let's call his pastor. So what that means, and you, you've got to understand my heart here. What that means is the fact that we have agreed to be members of KDCC together, it means that there is mutual accountability. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I hold my side of my reputation, you hold your side of a reputation, but this becomes what? Our standard. Are we still here? All right. Okay, so a good name. So NLT uses the word good reputation. And there is a reason I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing that. Because let me just say it here so I don't forget. You remember, when they were choosing the deacons, what did they say about them? Choose men of what? Good what? Talk to me. Choose men of what? Good reputation. So we could as well have said, choose men who had what? A good name. Can't you see that even in the old church that was just starting, when they wanted to put people in charge of departments, they watched what their reputation was. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? They watched what their reputation was. These things are important. In fact, let me just go ahead of myself, I'll come back. First Timothy 3.7 why we are at this junction? Let's just branch here. First Timothy, a good name. First Timothy three seven. We're going to finish this thing today. <laughs> First Timothy three seven. In choosing a pastor of a church or the elder of a church, look at this criteria, and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church. Did you see that? Come on, church. Did you see that? He says, if you're choosing an elder in the church, he must have a good reputation with who? With, with people in the church. He must have a good reputation with his pastor. He must have a, rep a good reputation with who? Those who are where? Outside the church. Because your reputation is a stronger witness than your words. 
I always say this. If you want to know if I'm a good pastor, go and ask my neighbors. And I dare you to walk to any compound I've lived in. Any compound. And ask them. And to the glory of God, you will not find a bad report. Sometimes we've walked the, the path of peace when it looks like everything is working contrary. Just what? For the reputation of the gospel. You know, I remember, I, I say this funny story all the time. I remember one time we're still at the, at the new site, the other sites. Okay? And we were late. We were running late. We were at the other end of town. And we were driving. I, was, I mean, I was driving. And I was running late. And then this bad guy just comes in our front. Ah! We were all upset inside the car. But we held our peace. That was not the time to say, Waka, you're your father. <laughs> I'm late for the work of God. Devil. <laughs> you know that? And then we drove. Went to church. And I was preaching. Ten minutes later, the guy who was at the back of the bike walks into church. And I felt like doing, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Do you realize if that guy I just went out there, idiot, idiot, and I moved on, and the guy walks into church, no message I'll preach will make a meaning. That's why, if we have to follow biblical standards of making elders, nothing was said about money. In fact, they said anybody who wants to be an elder in the church must not be a lover of money. Because when people love money, they don't care about their reputation. You hear people say, I don't care about my name. Just give me my profits. I don't care. That's it. That's it. They can't be elders in church. And it's time the body of Christ goes back to ordaining elders. Come on now. Based on the word of God. It's not how long they have stayed in church. If they have a bad reputation with people outside, they don't qualify. So, we, so if we want to choose as an elder in this church, we have to ask outside. Hey, what do you think about that guy? Hey, that guy, he's a lifty guy. <laughs> of course, we know sometimes there'll be people who don't like you, but I mean, the whole world cannot not like you. Okay, let's go back to Proverbs 22 1. Are you still here? All right. NLT, we're using the NLT. So the NLT tells us a good name is what? Good reputation. Jerusalem Bible. A good name is more desirable than great wealth. The respect of others is better than silver or gold. Amplified. I like amplified. A good name. End by honorable behavior. Write that down. End by honorable behavior. So the Amplified tells us three ways we can earn a good name. Remember I told you, if it says a good name is to be desired, that means it's something you have to work towards. Just as it says desire spiritual gifts. So you have to desire to have a good name. Right? So it says a good name and by honorable behavior. So number one, honorable behavior. Number two, godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Number three, moral courage. Number four, personal integrity is more desirable than riches. I'm going to go through the four things again. So the Amplified just amplifies this for us. It says, a good name and by honorable behavior. So write that down. Honorable behavior. How do you get a good name? This is the biblical way to get a good name. Honorable behavior. Number two. What's number two? Godly wisdom. Number three. 
moral courage. Now, why did he talk about moral courage? Let's look at this here. Why does he talk about moral courage? Because some things that would demand you to preserve a good name would de- require moral courage. Joseph and the Potiphar's wife. Yeah? That was moral courage. You know what is right. You've got to be courageous to do it. Selling times, I mean, selling times, things will press on you to break your morality. But you've got to have moral courage to have a good name. Now, what's the fourth one? What? What did he say? Personal integrity. So let's go to the four things again. Number one, honorable behavior. Come on, is somebody writing? Number one, honorable behavior. Number two, godly wisdom. Number three, moral courage. Number four, personal integrity. You've got to write these things down and think about them. These are the four ways you can build a good name. Honorable behavior. And I, 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 spoke to, I spoke to you about anger, right? Somebody behaves crazily. And then you join them. Is that behavior honorable? No, it's not. So you would you will probably ruin your name. Number two, moral, godly wisdom, sorry. Godly wisdom. So if you put these things to work that we're teaching, what's going to happen? You're going you're gonna to change your name. I like that. So you can apply for change of name by these four things. I like that. Number three, moral courage. Moral courage is this, right? It's, it's simply the courage to do the right thing. Because we live in a world where if you're doing the right thing, you look like the stupid person. Everybody's misbehaving. You choose not to misbehave. They will not ask you, are you okay? If there's a problem, let us know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, you live... I mean, you live among guys, you're all guys. And everybody has all these people coming around them. Somebody's going to ask you, I hope everything, everything with you is okay. Hmm? Take more courage. Or you're in the office and everybody's stealing. <laughs> and then, you know, I remember, I think I've said it before one time, we, we went to Amman, Amman, Jordan. We had a, an NGO meeting there. We were, we were invited by the king of Jordan. So they had this thing, program. And then they selected a couple of us. Then that was the time of the worry crisis and everything. They were teaching us on peace building stuff and all that. And then they said we should do a, a scan, a, examination or test or something. And they will bring the receipt, okay, and they will pay us. They will refund us. And so my dad knew somebody in the general hospital. And I went to the general hospital, so they did it free. So we were submitting, and they said, oh, so how much was it? I said, yo, mine was free. Huh? Man, I mean, guys were pinching me at the back. Like, why would you do that? And, and I saw people's tests. Man, people were doing tests for 30000 40000 I mean, some people were going to submit, you know, and say, how much? Say, 30000 say, 20 I want to have guy, can't do receipts for me. People were doing receipts, and... You know, and they paid them. They, they paid every, everybody. When we're coming on the plane, coming back, see what people bought. And then I just got married. I just got married, and then we just had carries because I was there when 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 uh, when, when we had carries. Okay, so I was on my way back. Here was I. There was no money to buy anything. Anything. I mean, my test was free. It was an NGO program. It was like they were paying us and guys bought this. But in the plane, I felt, you know, I felt very foolish. That's the truth. I mean, you would feel, you, you might not feel wise. That's, we, we've got to be honest with that. Sometimes when you make these decisions, 
It won't pay you immediately. And I was thinking, I said, God, ah, I should have just, ah, should have just changed it and asked God for forgiveness. How many of you have done that? How many of you, how many of you look at sin in the face and say, you know what? God, you are a good God. I will sin. And I will beg you later. Come on, come on, come on. Do you understand? I mean, you've got to be a church of honest people now. Don't, don't add to the sin. Be a church of honest people. How many of you have done that? Like, this thing is sin, but God, nah, God, God, after all, you forgave me last week. Just do it one more time. I will not try it again. That's the time to overcome temptation. Anything you fall for like that, you will never overcome. Okay, so I was there and I was there, I was there. But you know the funny thing? Someone observed what I did. I did not know. So, two years later, they were nominating people to attend the, uh, the Global Youth Anti-Corruption Crusade in Brussels, Belgium. And then, I got a letter from, from the organization that you've been invited to Belgium f- to attend an event. I'm like, how did I get here? And they said, someone nominated you. So, I went to Abuja. I've never traveled out of the country before. After the, so, I went to Abuja, applied. They said, they're not giving me visa. I was on my way back because I don't have bank account. I mean, I had bank account. There was nothing there. You know, you can have bank accounts and it's just the number you have. You know, so statement of account is, is half page. Even the bank will like, why are we wasting this paper for you? You know, on my way, I can't forget. Just follow this story. On my way, I was at Lokoja and I got a call from the embassy. And they said, come back and take your visa. And I'm like, what happened? They said, well, they checked with the organization in the U.S., organized by the World Bank in the U.S., and they told them that I'm the only Nigerian on that team, so I have to, I, they have to give me the visa. So I came back, they gave me the visa. That's how I traveled, I mean, for the first time. To, it was later, the man told me that they observed this, and they wrote to them and says they're looking for delegates who can attend an anti-corruption youth summit in Brussels, for, from all the people who attended, who can they select? Of course. They knew that all these people changed their receipts. So how do you send somebody who has changed receipt to attend an anti-corruption youth summit? Do you understand that? So the, the thing is this. A good name might not pay immediately. But a good name is better than riches. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, of course, that was a more bigger program, a more global program. We, I mean, that one they were paying us every day for just attending the program. And I made sure I contacted some of those guys. Say, where are you now? Say, ah, I'm not around. I'm in, I'm in Belgium. Just make sure. Make sure they ask you, where are you? Just, they have to know you are not around. <laughs> I understand this. Don't do that. I did that when I didn't know so much. But a good name will pay in the long run. In fact... The Bible says a good name is better than riches. How many of you know we are a very rich country? Hmm? You don't know. You know Nigeria is a very rich country. But you know our name. Do you think at this point as a Nigerian, would you rather choose riches or a good name? I know some of you say, leave, leave name. Riches. <laughs> But you've got to see, you know what? You know, I'm laughing a lot. But this thing needs to sink into your heart. That every time there's an opportunity for money and a good name, go for the good name. Why? That's the wisdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and I think 
the reason the Bible says a good name is better than riches is that nothing has destroyed people's name than money. Nothing. Nothing. Proverbs 3 4. Proverbs 3 4. My son, do not forget, I'm reading from verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. I'm in Proverbs 3 4. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then, look at it, it says, if you do this, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Did you see that there? It says, if so, that means there are certain things you need to do to get a good name. It will not come on you automatically. Right? But it says, if you do this, you would have good reputation, good repute. That's what the NASB said. But the Amplified says a good name. Now, Understand this. I want you to look at this. Look at this verse carefully. It says, in the sight of God and man. That means we don't just want a good name in the sight of God. We also want a good name, come on, where? In the sight of who? In the sight of man. Does this agree with what we read in the book of Timothy? That an elder must have good reputation with those who are where? Outside the church. I mean, it would take a very demon-possessed person to get into church and fight. It would take a very demon-possessed person to get into church and be rude. So, we cannot really test, the, the, the test of your name cannot be known in church. Hmm? Be known outside. Where nobody knows you. In, in the sense of, where nobody sees you. Now, let's, let's go on. There's a lot here we need to do with Three things that can give you a good name. Number, uh, three benefits of a good name. Number one, a good name provides stability. A good name provides stability. When you have a good name, people can trust you. That trust is a stabilizing factor in your relationship with them. They know what to expect from you and can lean on you, on your decision, sorry, with absolute confidence, knowing they were made with a pure pure motive. A good name would provide stability. I'm sorry to say this, but it's the truth. There are people who will tell me, I'm going to get this done for you. You know what? Immediately they say, I'm going to get this done for you. I'm going to say, thank you, sir. I appreciate it, sir. But you know what is in my head? I'm looking for a backup plan. Because they will never come true. There are people that will say, I'll get it done for you, I'll go to sleep. Because over time, they've proven it. And I'm going to go really practical this, this evening, because this is wisdom for living. And let me say this here. You need to learn to keep your words. And I'm going to show you from scripture. If you tell someone, I'm going to be there by two, you shouldn't be leaving your house by two. You're ruining your reputation for keeping to time. And, and I'll tell you this. No matter how you look at it in life, right? God is going to use men to bless you. God is going to use men to bless you. And men talk. You know, sometimes, let me, let me explain it. You know, sometimes the decision to bless you, right? You know, somebody can just come like, I'm thinking of giving this person this car. You say, ah, that guy, ah, guy is always not grateful. Hmm, guy, no matter what you do for him. You know that person's mind is changing already. It's not about destiny help or destiny destroyer. That's who you are. 
Because sometimes we make all these things very spiritual. Hmm? That's why even in an organization, sometimes when the MD is making a decision, it's not every time the MD is making a decision, sitting with graphs. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? No, the MD can I mean, he can just be driving. And he just says, ah, this guy, the way he walks, I'm, I'm just thinking of promoting him. And the driver says, I cannot make that mistake. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you. He says, oh, oh, why? And then, maybe this is the one driver you are. Is, and then the driver will just tell the truth. You know what? That driver has been with that, that manager before they employed you. Forget your degree. In that matter. Your case has been judged and you have been found wanting. Do you understand? Because normally when we meet wealthy people, we put our best behavior. When we meet great men, we put our best behavior. I can tell you sometimes, you know, <laughs> I mean, we say this all the time. Sometimes myself and Sister Mary will call someone, they don't know we're the pastors. And you call, hey, hello, hello. Are they here? You. <laughs> And I say, you, most times I hardly say I'm pastor. I say, my name is Maxwell Lugaga. Ah, daddy. Ah, right answer. Sorry, oh, they will not apologize. You don't need it. Have, listen to this, listen to this. Have a standard for yourself. Whether the person is poor, whether the person is rich, whether the person has power, whether they don't have power, these are my personal standard. I'll talk to everyone. As somebody that's created in the image of God. I don't treat my security staff less than I'll treat somebody who is in the office. I will, I will not do that. Because you work for me will not make me now, you know, I mean, you know some people, when you work for them, it's like you're nothing. You do this, you do this. Hey, come here. Hey, you. Hey, yeah. The day they will kill you, they will open the gate. So what are you looking for? Say, 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 wait. If you use this gun, it will not enter. Use your tower. And then he's always sitting there. Listen to this. I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, this is this joke. But, but you know what I'm saying, right? You've got to have a good name. And that good name, you build it over time. You build it over time. Praise God. Alright, let's go on. Number two, number two, a good name is eternal. I like this. Riches are fleeting. If you have money, the money can go today. The money can disappear tomorrow. But a good name is, is eternal. They could be with, money could be with us one minute and gone the next. And of course, we know that we cannot take riches to us once we leave this earth. I want to use an example, right? It's a, it's a, it's a natural example, but I want to use an example. When Osama bin Laden, how many of you know him? Hmm? When Osama bin Laden died, some of his kids were in other countries. I think there was one like in Spain, if I'm, if I'm right. I might be wrong. But if memory serves me right, one of them was in Spain. I was asking for Isolom just to, for, them to, for him to stay. The government did not agree. When Nelson Mandela died, some of his grandchildren were in some other countries. The government of those countries were asking the grandchildren if they wanted to become I mean, citizens. That's a good name. How many of you would like to be associated with Osama? Are you a member of his church? Now, we're not looking at the political divides. We're, we're looking at from a general perspective. Okay, We're not looking at whatever he was fighting for. So what I'm trying to say is this. Even if you have passed on, one of the things you can leave for your children is what? It's a good name. 
Let's look at how many people want to call their children Hitler. Hmm? Because every time you think of Hitler, what comes to your mind? Now, these are, I'm just giving you general global perspective. I'm not for or against anybody. Huh? Every time you talk about Hitler, the, the German Holocaust comes to your mind. Okay? How many of you would like to give your child Judas Iscariot? Come on now. How many of you? It's like, what's your baby's name? Judas. Which one? Iscariot. <laughs> but you know, it's a really nice name. Iscariot is a really nice name. Okay? But you remember, nobody wants to give. And it's in the Bible. The man is an apostle of Jesus. He was chosen as one of the twelve. Alright? But his actions ruined his name. So what, I was trying, what am I trying to say with all these examples? If you leave this earth today, what you leave behind is actually your name. Money will be gone, but name is eternal. Okay. Number three, a good name brings loving favor. A good name brings loving favor. A good name brings loving favor. That's what the scripture says. Proverbs 22.1 Loving favor rather than silver and gold. That's how Proverbs 22.1 ended. It says it's better than silver or gold. It will bring favor. Your name will open doors or your name will shut doors. Write that down. Your name will open doors or your name will do what? Will shut doors for you. People will love you for having integrity. They will appreciate you for the kindness, the mercy, and the attention that you give to them. So this evening, I really want you to examine this whole concept of a good name. And we cannot just make this personal. Oh, I have a good name. I don't care what people think. No, no, no. Other people should be able to say, this man is a good man. You know, I've mentioned a couple of names. Alright, so I've mentioned a couple of names and you find out that these names I mentioned, regardless of your personal opinion or not, come on, how many of us agree that these guys are good names? So, you, it's not like the majority think that you have a bad name and it's only you and your circle that thinks you have a good name. Rather, it should be that majority of people think that your name is good. And listen, if you live by the standards of the Bible, you will end up with a good name. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, let's look at this. What has, let's look at this now. 2 Samuel 9, 1. 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. Thank you. 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. Oh man. A good name. Look at what David said. Then David said, look at this. Is anyone yet, sorry, is there anyone, sorry, is there yet anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? New King, this version is in my head. Is there yet anyone left of the house of Saul, look at this, that I may show him kindness for whose sake? 
Jonathan's sake. How many of you know this story? And then they brought Mephibosheth, whose legs were lame. Right? And they made Mephibosheth to eat in the king's table, and they gave him servants to till his land. The question is, how did Mephibosheth, who was crippled, walk into such an amazing blessing? He had a father called Jonathan. So, the name and the way Jonathan lived was better than riches because I don't think there's, there's how much of money Jonathan would have left for Mephibosheth that would have allowed him to live the kind of life he lived. At the end of the day, he was taken into the king's palace. You've got to follow this. He was taken into the king's palace, eating the king's food, eating with the king because his father left a good name. I need you to think of this. And this is your wisdom quote. When you think of your name, think of your children. Are you hearing this? Come on, I said, are you hearing this? When you think of your name, when you think of your actions today, think of your children. What I'm putting into my name, how I am living today, would it allow my children, even if things were bad, for them to have opportunities of favor because I lived a good life. You've got to think that way. Think of your grandchildren. Don't just live for today. Praise God. I said praise God. Alright. Let's look at something. Proverbs 15.4. I, I want to give you some very practical things. Because this is where a lot of people default. Number one. One of the things you need to work on is keeping your promises. And that's why you must not be in a hurry to make promises everywhere. I want to show you a scripture. Psalm chapter 15 verse 4. David wrote this. Psalm 15 verse 4. Psalm 15 verse 4. I'm reading from the, from the New... It says... Look at this. Uh, New American Standard says, In whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. Look at this. He swears for his own heart and does not change. Now, if you read it like that, you will not understand it. If you read it from the New King James, you will not understand it. But look at what he says. The New Living Translation says, Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. The Amplified says, he keeps his word even to his own disadvantage and does not change it for his own benefit. You tell someone something. You discover that the thing will not benefit you again. You change it immediately. You know, the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, it says, do not associate with those who are easily given to change. Hmm? Don't associate with them. They can't keep their words. We run a bookshop, right? We've got a bookshop here. Sometimes we've told people setting prices. This is how much these things are sold. And we go on and we find out probably they are sold slightly higher. You know, we go ahead with the deal. There are certain deals we have gone ahead with and we encountered losses. Because we've given our word. We've given our word. How many of you have, have had people who gave you their words... And you put your hope in them. And then they didn't turn up. How many of you think it was a good feeling? Hmm? 
How many of you think it was a good feeling? You're not answering. Or are you the person we're talking about? <laughs> How many of you think it was a good feeling? But you know it's very convenient for us to do it to others, right? To keep your word. Look at this. Let's read. The CEV, Contemporary English Version. And they keep their promises no matter what the cost. You tell someone, oh, I'm going to be there by 2. 2.30, they are waiting for you. 3 o'clock, they are waiting for you. Then the person now calls you. you I thought you said 2. You say, ah. Hey. And then you start stories. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew 5.37. Just say a simple, yes, I will. Or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You know what the evil one is? You know who the evil one is? Eh? If you don't know who the evil one is, we'll close the doors. Do you know who the evil one is? Is the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Life is very simple. It's either yes, I what? I will. Or no, I won't. Is there anything that goes to changing the story? It's from the evil one. Because you know what God, God, you know God knows us. That if it is not yes or no, lies will enter. And who is the father of lies? The devil. Let your yes be yes. If you're given an assignment and say, Pastor, I'm going to get this job done. Get it done. Get it done. I mean, there are people today, if they ask me, would you commit this assignment to this person? I'll tell you no. Why? There are track records of Matthew 5.37. It's not a yes, it's not a no. Learn to be faithful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It builds your name. Don't promise here, promise there, promise. You, most people don't keep their promises because they promise heaven and earth. Even when it comes to helping people. I know everybody wants urgent response. Tell them, for now I cannot. Give me time to think about it. Your lack of planning cannot become an emergency. I used to be on this side before. Man, help here. Help there. Help there. Sometimes you even borrow money to help people. And I realized, no, this is not good. This is not working. Hmm? You know, even sometimes as pastors can have that mistake. Try to help everybody who's got troubles in the church. Help here, help here, help here. And then tomorrow, when you can't help, they still leave the church. So now we don't put our welfare under pressure. We take it based on our plan and our budget. You cannot commit to everyone. So one of the things I really like you to take this year and work on from our wisdom school is your promises. Don't over promise. Don't raise people's up, hope up and dash it down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's rather you say, no, I won't. Oh, sorry, I won't be able to at this time. Oh, thank you very much. I thank you for the opportunity, but I won't be able to commit. You know, some of us feel like we must commit to everything. Right? And we can't. We can't. It says, the, the man who is a righteous man swears to his own heart. Regardless of the inconvenience, he keeps his word. 
What are you doing? You are building a reputation for getting things delivered. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, look at this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 4. I'm using the NLT. Ecclesiastes 5 4. Look at this. <laughs> I like this one. It says, when you make a promise to God, okay, when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. For God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to Him. It is better to say nothing. Look at this. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger, which is the pastor. Don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. <laughs> let's, let's leave that part. <laughs> Are you hearing this? Ecclesiastes 5.4 He says, when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. For God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to Him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. Hmm? Ah, we are committed to God. Oh, Father, we are going. That tomorrow, things start taking attention. You don't follow through. When you don't follow through your commitments to God, it will be easy not to follow through your commitment to what? To man. And you know why we're like that? Because we break our own commitment to ourselves. So it's a, it's a natural habit. Huh? Start the year by, hey, we're going to pray this year. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> you break that. It's nothing to you. Yeah. And would their life go, go achieve go? Huh? Then, you break to your friend. It's nothing to you. You break to your pastor. It's nothing to you. You break to God. It's nothing to you. Before you know, you have subconsciously you're devaluing your name. So next time, when you make a promise, go just say, Anna, so that's how it talks. So. Come on. How many of you know someone like that? Don't, 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 don't turn left or right. Just nod in your heart. Huh? And even starts with your children. You know some of you, your father's promise to do some things for you. Now you are a father. That bicycle, they promise, they've not still gotten. You know, right? And we think that's normal. It's not. It's not. In fact, at the point in raising our kids, myself and Sister Mary, we have to be careful. Sometimes, I mean, we say things and then we just tell ourselves, if you're, going to, if you're saying that, you're going to get it done. Because sometimes you just tell children, if you pass your exams, I will do this. Or if you do this, and you're just using it as a method of training. But before you know, there are lifted promises and your children, the next time when you say something, your children don't take you serious. Eh? Oh, if you pass the exam, I'll buy this thing for you. They pass the exam, they buy, say, don't worry, don't worry, next exam, promotion. Is this one common entrance? <laughs> your children are just looking at you. So when you now say serious things, you've developed a reputation for not following through. We're talking about a good name. You have to build it, what? Gradually. Let's go on. Because of our time. Another area is when you borrow money. Psalm 37 verse 21. Hmm? The wicked borrows and does not pay back. Oh, is that what's not in the Bible? Huh? I, I know everyone seated here has an example of Proverbs 37 21. Listen to me. Listen carefully. Hmm? The word of God says it is wicked 
And it's a wicked man that borrows money and does not pay back. So what you will do, right, as part of this wisdom class, as your homework, go back. All the debts you are pretending that you have forgotten. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All those ones, you, when it comes to your mind, ah, have I paid or have I not paid? Listen, write everything down. Call the people. Eh? Call the people. Tell them. I went to church this evening. My pastor read a scripture. Proverbs 37, 21. He says, the wicked borrows and does not pay. I realize I've been wicked to you. I don't have the money now, but I make a commitment to you. I will pay you. Gradually. Some of you will be blessed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once you borrow money, pay back. We don't even want to talk about those of you who have borrowed your tithes from God. Let's, let's leave that one. Because some of you, once it's mortgage, say, God, you are in heaven, I'm here. Our pastor has money. Our church has AC. Let me use it this month. I will see people next month. We are not even talking about Let's leave that one. You now carry theology and I say, is it Old Testament or New Testament? <laughs> Don't carry, carry the money. <laughs> we are God that touched you. Let the tithe you borrowed. But the point is this. The point is this. Don't make people who loan you money feel they are fools. You run to them in the day of an emergency. You run to them when you had problem. They had mercy on you. They valued the relationship. And most importantly, they trusted your good name. Don't devalue your name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So go back home and write everybody you are owing. And call them. And start building your name back again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've lost very precious friends through this. Listen. A wicked man borrows and he does not pay back. So, some people have developed the act of borrowing. They borrow from this, they destroy the friendship. They borrow from this, they destroy the friendship. They say, ah, what is it? Is it not money? Is it not money? No, no, no. It's not money in that sense. When you pay back, you can rake. Don't fight so that the friendship will end. It's not wisdom. You're destroying your life. Is that okay? Alright. I know the amen will be very low, but, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, now let's go on. Philemon 1.8 Now if anybody is owing you, don't send them this scripture. <laughs> Say, listen, that money, if you want to pay, pay. If you don't want to pay, leave it. But I will send you something my pastor said today. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. We want the church to grow. Okay? Don't, don't, don't. Send them the whole message. Don't just send them that. Say, just read the verse one. The, the first line. Don't even read the second one. The wicked borrows capital letter and does not pay. Bless you. Take the money. You <laughs> If somebody sends you text message, I are in the message like that. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to look for the money I pay because you don't know if somebody has to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, let's go on. Philemon chapter 1, verse 8. Praise God. Philemon chapter 1, verse 8. Now look at what Paul said here. <laughs> look at what Paul said here. Philemon 1.8. Now, Paul was talking about uh, Philemon 
uh, Onesimus, right? The slave who was, who was running and, and, and was addressing Philemon. But I like something Paul said here. He says, but if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Look at Paul telling a man. He says, if your slave has owed you anything, if the man is owing you, he says, charge it to my account. You know what that... that I mean, if Paul did not have a good reputation, can you tell someone that? I mean, this really challenged me. It's like saying, listen, if, you owe, if, if this guy is owing you, charge it to my account. I'll sort it out. And it was because Paul had built a good name. Why did I read this verse of scripture? A good name is something you build to be able to help others in the day of adversity. Do you know one text message from a man with a good name? I'm not talking about a society where there are corrupt, corrupt practices. But do you know one recommendation from a man with a good name can solve a lot of problems for you? Just like I know him. Hmm? Why do you think sometimes when they say go and bring a guarantor, they will tell you we want a guarantor who is at this level, who is at this level? Why? Because normally they feel if somebody is at that level, he should have the stability not to, I mean, cover you or something like that. So, the next thing, and I'll wrap up shortly. The next thing is the value of your work. Right? The value of your work. The value of your work. The value of your work. Make sure that any work you make, any work you are involved in, has quality. I wrote this down. It was interesting, but I thought of it. You know, they accused Jesus of many things. But do you realize they never accused Jesus of making a bad chair? You know, Jesus was a carpenter, right? Worked in his father's shop. There was nowhere they came and said, Are you not Joseph's son? Say yes. <laughs> Come and see the chair. <laughs> Come and see the chair your father did. Eh? Come on. All the time. They accused Jesus of many things. Um, friends of sinners, wine babbler, this and this. But nobody accused Jesus that the chair they made did not work. The value of your work. What do you put into your work? Huh? Do you finish doing a work and your supervisor says, Are you done? Say yes. Then he now calls somebody, say, I beg, go and check. You know how he does his work. The person they are asking to check your work is a human being like you. But probably he has invested more time in his name. You know why certain brands are expensive? Hmm? For instance, you go to the market, they'll show you an air conditioner. They say, this one is Juicy air conditioner. This one is IC. This one is Samsung. They say, Samsung is 100,000. It's the name. Both of them would probably give you cold air. Huh? One might be giving you cold air for like two months. Then later, something will be singing inside. And you know you don't have a DVD player inside there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or you say, this is Nigerian rice. This is whatever rice. And you know that when you buy, maybe, I don't know, I'm just saying. I I only eat the finished product. But, you know, you buy one rice. The rice is heavy. And this one is light. You know that if you go by your natural senses, you, when you carry this heavy one, you say, ah, this Nigeria rice is okay. You know that? <laughs> 10% is stone. 
<laughs> All right? And then when you are eating the rice, they, they, they serve you the rice and put a notice behind. Shoot gently for your safety. But then you buy a particular rice and you're not concerned about that. What's happening? Name. We laugh about these things, but let's look at ourselves. The quality of work we put out every day. The quality of work you give your boss. The quality of work you give wherever you're working. Uh, is that the best? Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 quickly. Then we'll do one more scripture. Galatians 5, 22. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you take all of this, if you take all of this, let's start reading. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Let's stop there. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. The ability to be faithful. There was the next one. Gentleness. And what's the next one? Self-control. Self-control. Against such, there is no law. I want you to read these things very calmly and build them into your life. What this means is if you allow these things to flow out of your spirit, what are you going to have? You're going to have a good name. Gentleness. Be gentle. Be gentle. Exercise self-control. Be faithful. Walk in love. Be kind. Let these things radiate from us. It will build a good name. Last scripture. Titus chapter 1 verse 12. And I read this and it was... It was very funny. Titus 1.12 I read from the New Living Translation. Paul was talking about, and he says, Even one of your own prophets from Crete has said about them, The people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy glutons. Look at the name these guys made for themselves. Hmm? Say Christians, English Standard Version, say Christians are always liars, evil beasts and lazy glutons. Look at the name. So when you look at when you look at them and say, This is a Christian, they say, Oh, those guys are lazy glutons. They are liars. And, and, and that's where I want to end up. Listen, you build your name, and I build my name. But if we come into a community, we have to uphold the name of that community. That is why you see, for instance, they'll say, oh, Nigerians. And I'm telling you, I mean, some people will come against you with everything. Why? Because that's like a collective name. So how do you have a good name collectively? It's by every individual doing the right thing. I want to challenge you today. Invest in your name. Don't compromise your good name for anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you have commitments, keep them. If you owe money, pay back. If you made a promise, keep through to it. If you want, don't overcommit this year. If you want to help people, don't say you want to help the whole world. Look for one person you can stay faithful to. 
Instead of scattering resources all around, look for a child. If it's education you want to follow, just give them a commitment. I'll take you up to GS3. Calculate the cost and focus on that. Everybody might think, oh, you're a stingy person. But know that you have come to the point where you can make a commitment and you keep it through. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, these words will settle in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.